0: I'm really loving this coffee kick that you got me going on. Ever Definitely. since you came here,
1: <laughs> ever you got since the you espresso going.
0: Yeah. Well, so today I did two shots of espresso and some black coffee to really wake me up this morning.
1: And what what's that called? What'd you say it was called? So there's two, there's a, there's a red eye and there's a black eye. I think, I think the red eye, I think the red eye is just one shot of espresso and coffee. And I think the black eye is two shots of espresso and coffee. I
0: think yeah. I was black. watching this movie called fair game yesterday, which is a really good movie. And, uh, this guy was kept ordering black eyes. you know, I was like, right, why not? Let me try it. I also got to give it to you. Cause I know before we, we hopped on this, we were talking about morning routines I haven't done my morning routine since you came here.
1: <laughs> what a week ago? Yeah. What, what is your What is your usual morning routine without excuses? Oh, that hurts. You're
0: right, it's an excuse. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just Absolutely. kidding. Uh, so basically, I mean, I'm up around like six six thirty. I like to meditate, and I like to read with a cup of coffee, and then I go for a walk. So I walk my dog around the block a couple times, and then I go for my own long walk while listening to rather an audio or. Some music that you know me. I, I I find one song. I'm on it for the next two weeks, and so that's about my morning routine. And then hop into some emails. Just keep on reading some Bible study, some prayer. Just really trying to get my head right for the for the day ahead. And then I really try and hone in again to get some meditation and some reading and to really just exit myself from the workday in the in the midday. What about you?
1: Well, well, how long does that take you in the morning? I'd say maybe.
0: In total, because the walk's the longest part of it, I would say maybe an hour and 15 minutes, hour and a half, nothing crazy.
1: So you got, you get up, you get your coffee, you meditate for how long? Like five, 10 minutes, nothing crazy. Oh, okay. Okay. Then you're going on. Okay. I got it. I was trying to, you're naming like all these things and I'm like, how the hell do you even get to work <laughs> by a decent time doing all this shit? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I, that that's part of the
0: lifestyle that we're in. It's like, one, you got to make sure your head's right to get to work, to maximize your efficiency. and people think that it's all about working 20 hours a day. You really, I mean, a lot of people that work 15 hours a day, I could get more shit done in four hours than they get in those 15 hours. I know
1: you could say the same. It's all about maximizing and being efficient of your time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I know we were talking before we went on air. I I, I mean, one one thing that I try to stay consistent with is, is getting up at least two hours earlier than I need to and, and taking that time, Especially if it's Monday through Friday, take that time—the first hour—to stretch, get a workout in, and then, and then from there, I usually spend about ten minutes or so either reading something that's for mental health or listening to somebody speak about you know mental health and just try to recenter my mind. Um, I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. Anyone that's listened to us knows when we do the st- sticky note of the day, I usually am pulling a Tony Robbins quote from from somewhere. Can't hurt. Um, yeah, and I mean that's probably a good segue for sticking here to the day. Yeah, absolutely. You you can go ahead. I know it's a Tony Robbins quote, so go it for is. It is. I promise everybody, I'll find a quote and I'll and I'll draw value from somebody else next time we do this. But Tony Robbins brings it, and I'm I'm sure everyone here has heard of him or has listened to him before. So I think so for the quotes that you you and I both have, the theme is fear, and I think you know when it comes to fear. Not only does it relate to this this episode and this interview that we did with with Vez and the kickback, but it also relates to a lot of the entrepreneurs that we have on and, and entrepreneurs in general, right? I mean, uh, I'll just say my quote, and then I'll let you go. And then I have I probably have some stuff to follow up on just about fear because um, it's very relatable, I think, to everybody listening. So uh, this one's by Tony Robbins: Use fear, or it will use you. Boom. And so now I got one from Les
0: Brown, and we like to centralize. I think we're going to continue to do that. I think that's a great idea to really have both of our quotes be around a centralized theme so that we can both regroup and talk about a little bit. And mm-hmm. I mean, fear is fears a solid one. You can either live your dreams or live your fears. And I know you wanted to speak upon something as well after this. I just want to talk about the video I made yesterday while I was on my walk about people that are too afraid to dive into, let's say like video content, let's say you got some value to put out and you really want to start. Cause I got a lot of people that tell me like, yo, I really want to start But now, video content, man, you deliver. I'm just like, dude, it's just all about getting on there and doing it. And so like the way you start is if you're not comfortable, look into the camera and be like, Hey guys, I'm not comfortable doing this, but I want to get out of my comfort zone. And this is me getting out of my comfort zone. I think that's a big start is just getting past that fear because everything that's worth it is on that other side of being afraid of what you're doing. Yeah. yeah and, and
1: no, yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I was, I was in the shower today thinking about this and I, I think the majority of people are actually not living their dreams. They're living, they're living their fears. Um, and I'm, I that. I think, I think all of us have been guilty of that. So I, you know, I think the question that we should all ask ourselves is what are our fears? Um, what are we afraid of? What are we scared of? Because like I said, we all have fears. Uh, we all have something that's kind of blocking us or holding us back. And I think when you look back, when you when you look at life, we realize, I think I've realized, and I hope everyone agrees here, the reason that most people are not living out their true potential and not doing all the things that they would really like to do is it comes down to fear. And and I guess the last part that I that I think of is there's a difference between having fear and and fear having you, right? It's it's the difference between you having control, right, and and then or you letting it control you. Um, Great point. I think I think it comes down to acknowledging and embracing what you're afraid of, what your fears are, and moving into it, moving forward, um, and and just acting um, because whatever you resist at the end of the day, not to be too preachy, but whatever you resist will persist.
0: You know what dude, I mean? Dude, that's dude, that's gold, man, gold. Now let me let me interject there and put you on the spot. What are some things that you think you're fearful of that holds you back a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think personally, um, I know I've been battling, well, not battling, but I've just been with everything going on in my life professionally. uh, I've I've just kind of always found an excuse to not post videos or not post content. I, I probably haven't posted an Instagram video or picture in six months. Being the fact that we're in a we have a podcast and as well as my services and the value that I provide to people should be shared because I have a lot of value to deliver. It's almost like I'm afraid to just jump into the, into that water. Um, And I think everyone that, that is a content producing type person has had that crossroad where they just took the leap. And um, I think for myself, that's probably what what I would relate it to connected with what you're talking about, about people reaching out to you. um, You put out a ton of content, you put out a ton of videos, now, obviously, my style is a little bit different. Probably won't be doing it in the same fashion. But I think you know something that I've been battling with is probably you know, hey, like, should I put this video out of me talking? Should I talk about this topic? Is it going to be controversial? I, don't, you know, am I going to offend people? Just thinking about ca- like, I think very natural fears that folks have about basically uh, disrupting social media and doing something that's outside of the norm. You know? Yeah,
0: and I mean, dude, your videos that you send me, just like little funny <laughs> clips i mean they're hilarious and you, you're so well spoken on them and what we talked about doctor uh with dr ryan at lunch that one time that i think the biggest thing is your expectations going into it that you think that there's going to be an outcome like oh landon just posted a video and now everyone's gotten a group chat like holy shit you guys see the what landon posts it's like no one's gonna remember it by tomorrow it's just the truth mm-hmm. you know so it, it's the, and, and that's what i really had to commit to i'm like okay i just gotta stay consistent and if i really have a message and it can help one person We're literally entitled to do that. We have to, as leaders, we have to do that, or else we're not living out our full potential. And so,
1: yeah, well, like we always say too, value rises to the top, right? And and talk about value rises to the top. Talk about Vez, right? I mean, Vez is a guy who he, he he took the leap of faith, man. He's in the sneaker business, and he's and he's he's succeeding at a high level. Oh, absolutely,
0: Vez is a stud, man. I loved communicating with him. He was. Really brought so much value and for to be 23, 24 years old, own a monster store, have so much knowledge and all these different spaces and the personality that he brings just really, it's, it's impossible not to like the guy and not be able to connect with him because he just makes it such an easy way to get introduced to the sneaker world, get introduced to entrepreneurship. I think he does a great job with everything he does.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to botch the description of his business but I would say the 30-second the, the, the commercial for you guys wondering what, what, who Vez is and what his business is about, his business is called The Kickback. And I would say if you know what a consignment shop or a consignment store is for, for, for high-end clothing or designer clothing, that's what this is for high-end sneakers. There's a whole market out there for the sneaker world. Um, and, and he's kind of found a really awesome niche, talks about his, his struggles, his, his business challenges, where he's going, where he is today. Um, Tony, I'm sure I'm missing some stuff. I don't want to give too much out. I I know he's had some celebrities in his store over the last couple of years. I met Vez back in 2017 and 18. He came to visit me up at college when he first started his business. And it's been awesome to sit back and watch it grow and watch it, you know, come to fruition to where it is now.
0: Yeah, I mean I got nothing further on the interview. You guys are going to have to listen because it's so great and Vez is awesome. Feel free to hit him up on all social media, he'll definitely get back to you. But I also want you if you're listening to this, one, Landon and I love you so damn much, man. It's uh, <laughs> you guys are so amazing. And two, I want you to really reflect on the the fear little bit that we just talked about and I want you to think about what is it that I'm fearful of? And what do I need to do to get uncomfortable today to really push past and live out my dreams? I really implore you to go get uncomfortable and we're more than happy to help you out there. So with that being said, everyone enjoy your day. We love you so much. Enjoy the interview. Have a great day.
1: say man i i am glad that we have vez on the last time me and vez linked up was back in back in college and uh he came up to visit me and we had a good ass time and he just was starting his business and fast forward two three years from now and he's taken off he's blown up vez can you tell our guests kind of where you've been and uh where you see yourself going
2: let's start actually uh yeah when you met me (laughs) there was a different time you were showing me a life of college that i didn't get the experience i uh yeah, i seen some stuff I've never seen before. Like, I think, what, I fell asleep that night, what, 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock, woke up at 11, like, wow, this party's lit. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely had a good time. Thanks for that. Um, but, yeah, I was first starting my business then. Uh, it was more so, like, the kickback. Now I'm off to, into uh, other business ventures, but still focusing on my main, which is the kickback. Um, so, yeah, to, today I'm here just with you guys explaining what I do, um, what my daily life looks like, what my recent months have looked like, what have my recent years have with that little gap where you, uh, we haven't actually seen each other or whatever, but, um, yeah, the kickback, it took off. Um, I've been doing it for f- five or six years now, I believe as since 2014, right after I graduated high school. Um, I was already into the shoe game a little bit. It's just, I took it to that next level locally around here. Um, with that in-store feel, I was providing that one-stop shop that like you've one like none, none other where you, um, Pretty much can do a buy sell trade with sneakers similar to GameStop. Um so a lot of people come from everywhere, like Chicago. We've had people from Chicago, uh, Chester, New York. It's if they come around the area, they're definitely gonna stop by because we have so many shoes and it's like you can go there and get a pair of Travis Scott Fours or a Travis Scott One that's normally goes for two grand and you can trade in sneakers for that. So it's really helped us a lot. Um with the one like the one like no other sneaker store, um, I tell everybody sneakers hold their value pretty well. It's almost like stock market, which a lot of people have noticed recently. They're like, "Oh, it's crazy that these Jordans keep going for more, or these Yeezys," and it's it's not gonna go anywhere as long as Nike's making money. We're we'll always being business. Vez, why sneakers? What what was about sneakers that got you into this? Uh, more so, I used to collect myself first. So when once you collect, it's like anything with your hobbies. You know, you're naturally in it. You uh, see. Um, the ins and outs, you see with the problems, where things can be improved at. Um, A lot of things that with with me that really helped me was um, I collected so much that I was like that one plug at that young age. I used to do uh, sneaker raffles on Instagram and I did so many different things that had to do something related to sneakers because it was related to my hobby. So it got to a point where everybody was coming to me asking, hey, where can I get sneakers from? Where can I get sneakers? And I was like, instead of referring people, why don't I just be the guy who sells the sneakers? Um, so as long as I really wanted to provide Good prices, um, a positive experience because a lot of things in the sneaker game you sometimes see a lot of fakes and stuff like that. Um, I just wanted to really provide an example of something that was good service, good 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 service, good product for a good price. Um, so that's really what got me into the game, right there.
0: How are you guys able to determine the market for what the price of the the sneaker actually is on the the resale side of things?
2: Uh, so it's honestly driven by you guys, <laughs> the people who are actually buying it. If let's just say I have ten pairs of Yeezys that come in all different sizes, if they're gone within a week, the next batch that I get, what do you think I'm going to do with it? Put the price up. You see what I'm saying? So it's like it's really driven by the customer. Um, the thing is about these sneakers, they don't really restock too too much. It's it's pretty much it's you get it the first the first day it comes out, you'll get a couple random restocks throughout the week. But after that, it's gone. So it's almost name your price. It's one of a kind. They may not come back out until maybe five to ten years. Most of the time with the Jordans, um, the Yeezys, they don't really restock too, too many. So that's the thing that you see with the sneaker game. The 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 price is really driven by the customer base. It depends what they're really paying.
1: So when when Kobe when Kobe came out and everything yeah. happened with him a couple months back, how did you see that the price of that sneaker change, if any?
2: And it, it was almost. Um, I didn't even get a chance to digest that Kobe had just passed. It was it was really as soon as we found out. I was actually in my store. I remember uh, I was sitting there and somebody came in and said, "Uh, Kobe just died." And I'm like, "You know how you see the fil- the hoaxes on Instagram and stuff?" I'm like, yeah I would have heard about it." So I didn't I kind of blew it off and then somebody else came back in, a customer I just checked out, he came back in the store and he was like, "Yo, did you hear that Kobe just died?" And I was like, "Oh shoot, maybe this is actually real." So before we could even think about, "Hey, the sneakers, the price and I didn't even digest it. Um, we got a whole bunch of random DMs on Instagram, and it's just... They're flooding. They're flooding. Hey, you got any Kobe's? You got any Kobe's? People are calling me. And I'm like, yeah, I got a couple. I kind of... Once I noticed, I was like, oh, shoot. He really did die. And then his price... I, lo- I checked those prices online. Sneakers that were... Uh, I mean, Kobe's sneakers were literally probably about... <laughs> Maybe 150 to 250 bucks. When I mean immediately after he died, they were almost every single Kobe was over $600 used or brand new. It was ridiculous. I'm like, uh, I'm in a tough position. Do I sell it? Do I? So I kind of looked to other sneaker stores to see what they did. Um, a lot of other sneaker stores online, their websites, they pulled them. So that's what I decided to as well. Um, we had about, I think, 15 to 20 pairs of Kobe's in our store at the time. I wiped the whole thing, I took it down. Um, and then what I did was I gave them away at my Saturday Steals. Um, event for $8 and 24 cents. Every single Kobe I had in the store, I just gave it away for $8 and 24 cents. It was one purchase per person on my uh, two year anniversary sale. So that's the way that we did it. It's just crazy The the price though, the, the amount of money that the sneakers are going for, and some of them it's dropped a little bit now since after, um, it's been a couple months, but the price value is still actually holding a little well.
1: So I want to ask you to rewind a little bit. Yeah. What year did you start this kickback world, this kickback business? What year did you get into that space?
2: Uh, so you're talking about actual like representing kickback, or are you talking about storefront? Because I did it on the sure. street.
1: So yeah. So when did you start to find that this was a business that you wanted to run with, and this was going to be your baby that you ran with as this is your mission, this is your
2: vision? Kind of thing? Uh, yeah, I was doing it pretty much for fun first. So when I was working at Launch, one of my buddy's um, parents they owned Launch Trampoline Park. I was helping them out. I was running deals literally while I'm working. I'm like, hey, watch my court real quick. I've got to go outside and do a deal. It was kind of fun then. Once I stopped working there, uh, which my time management is trash. I was late, like I think over 200 times at this place I got fired from, even though it was my boy's uh, place. But anyway, uh, yeah, once I got fired and I was still having income, I was making a decent amount of money at, I think, uh, 17 years old. And I was like, you know what? this can really turn into a business. It became really a lifestyle of me. Every single day I got up and did something related to sneakers, whether it be ship out, post on Instagram, um, go purchase sneakers and take them in, clean them, post them. That's really where it turned into a business for me. And that was, I'd say, twenty, the end of 2014, uh, going into 2014 and then so forth. I did it on the street until 2018. I opened my location in 2018, and now we've been open for two and a half years now. Um, so that's where it came a business though on the street when I figured out I was making a decent amount of money and then my goals got to a point in the weekend. I just want to make a thousand dollars on the weekend.
1: So a lot of the listeners that we have are young entrepreneurs, people that Maybe have an idea and they want to get out there. They want to. They want to pursue their goals. But yeah. There's just that that friction, that that breakthrough barrier that people face. What, if any, did you face? Did you face people saying like, "Hey, why why are you doing this when you can go get a nine to five job when you can go take the easy route"?
2: Mm-hmm. What kind of friction, if any, did you did you get from others around you? Even the people that love and care about you the most. Did you did you did you find any of that? stuff? So my, I would say one of my frictions. I didn't have too too much friction. Uh, my only friction was uh, I was in school at the time, so I was at Women's University. I finished two years there. Um, but my focus wasn't really like, I'm, I'm not really a morning person. So I had a lot of like 9 AM classes. I would just literally just like straight up skip them. I'm not going to them or missing out. My, my parents really noticed like my focus wasn't really on school. And that's where the friction was. My parents like, Oh, you have to go to school. You have to go to school. I come from a, a pretty well family and my dad went to school. My mom went to school. Um, he has a, he's has a business, but he had to notice that when someone has a drive, That drive is like one like none other when you actually enjoy what you're doing, something instead of being forced to do so. I faced a little bit of friction there until my parents really seen, all right, cool, you can actually make some money doing this. They were like, they kind of shifted from, all right, cool, you need to figure out what you're doing. And they were like, if you're not going to school for a little bit, you need to go work Amazon or something. And I didn't even like that. But they went from, look, figure out what you're doing to in full support. Once they went in full support, then I started looking in uh, locations to open my store and I started really getting on a business plan. And they really helped me um, pretty much focus on what's the next step. If you're going to do this, go full force. And that's where I say they more so helped me. But that was a little bit of friction I had between like my parents and stuff. They were like, look, if you ain't going to school, you better be working. You ain't just going to be chilling. Right, 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 right. And I did have a little period where I was chilling. Um, I would say not necessarily chilling, but I didn't have like... To the T, like I didn't know what I was gonna do for a hundred. I just knew I was gonna get up. I was always a grinder. Um, it's just I didn't know 100% what I was gonna do. So my advice to all the young people out there who don't know, I tell everybody just try a whole bunch of things. If you really don't know, figure out what sticks. Figure out what you like, and then once you really figure out what you like, those would be the that'll be the thing that you're up at six o'clock in the morning still working on because you enjoy doing it instead of looking for the money. Absolutely.
0: Because you were obviously very good in the sneaker game, understanding the market and things like that. But when it comes to building the business and starting a brick and mortar business, was there anyone that you leaned on to really mentor you through that process?
2: Yeah, uh, that, that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize with um, the business, with any business that you go into, especially hobbies you can be great at your hobby and know a lot about sneakers, but that doesn't mean you're the best business person. That doesn't mean you're the best marketer. That doesn't mean you're the best coach. You see what I'm saying? That's one thing I learned what I'm not good at. And I hired people around me to suffice those things. Um, I'm not the best manager. I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur who knows how to market and things like that. I'm, I I know I'm not the best manager. So I reached out and I have um, a great team, Oh, just my kickback team of 16 different people. And these different people have um, helped me grow in different areas that I'm not so much strong in. But to answer your question, though, yeah, I definitely reach out to uh shout out to Nike Nate. He has a sneaker store in uh Defer Mall. It's a consignment shop. And we always reach out to each other and make sure we're good um, with if we ever need anything. And that's the thing about the sneaker game. It's so tight that if I need anything, he needs anything, we're always gonna help each other. I always would call him when I was first starting. I was like, hey what should I do here? What should I do here? And that's what I tell everybody. It's the person who doesn't ask who's not going to get the answer. I always reach out and say, hey, do you mind helping me out with this? I have a couple questions. You've been through this. If you have a successful sneaker store. I look up to you. He's an older guy. So I really um, asked him a lot of questions if I had anything. And then on, honestly, just learning straight on, hands hands on, like you got to fail to learn. Um, I've been through a couple of employees. I've learned what I did wrong. Um, I'm more so like all about having fun. But sometimes it's like you have to draw that thin line because I was bringing so much fun to their environment that when a store did pick up and we were bringing in a lot more people every day, we don't have time to sit in the back and play 2K anymore. But understanding that... um that 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 thin line where I had to teach and say, "Hey, look," and if it's downtime, I don't really mind what you guys do. I want I want you guys to have fun because I don't want it to be that. All right, cool corporate world. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what I bring to the table. And those are a couple of things that like you had to fail to realize. All right, next time that some new employee starts, you can't let them play 2K for too long. So <laughs> it's just little it's little things like that that you learn. Right.
0: That's awesome. It seems like you got the the ego out of the way early, which a lot yeah. of like, young entrepreneurs fail to do. Correct. Uh, so, what, like now that you got the brick and mortar side set up, how did you go about building that loyal customer base? And at the same time, I know Landon was telling me you had some big, high profile people in there. How'd you, how'd you go about doing that? Customer service.
2: Customer service is the, and I have my other business invest. I uh, teach people like how to run businesses and stuff. The biggest thing I see lacking with a lot of people's businesses is customer service. I talk to people all the time and help them with their businesses, and I see them literally give examples of, let's just say, for example, um, I'll see somebody have an issue with the customer. Let's just say I'm selling a hair. I'm selling hair. The customer wasn't really satisfied with the hair. The type of person I am, I'm going to give you a refund. I'm going to give you a refund and say, hey, what, what didn't you like about the hair? What can I improve on? I'm going to incriminate myself first because you're a customer at the end of the day. What I see a lot of other people do nowadays is, well, you bought it, you knew what you were buying. It's, it's more so like you said, the ego. And it's like if you get that out of the way, your business can it can can thrive because customer service is just such a big thing that I see lacking. And it's like the customers, you're not gonna win. It's no point in arguing with the customer. The customer's gonna be right. They're gonna bash you on social media. You're gonna lose a hundred a hundred more customers that didn't that don't even haven't been to you yet. So it's like it's not worth it at the end of the day. And that's what I see a lot of people. Um, that lack with the customer service. That's that's my biggest thing though. Like, If you really stop by my store, you don't have to know a damn thing about sneakers. I'm going to teach you everything in a quick five minutes and let you know, okay, co- cool. These are the under $100 sneakers. These are the sneakers that we cater to, to to more people who aren't really into sneakers, but there's something for you. And everything, every single sneaker in here is going to be cool. And we don't carry anything that's BS or anything that's sitting. All the sneakers pretty much are sold out. It's good prices. Um, yes, we do have used. I tell them everything instead of being the shady guy and saying, all right, yeah, they're warm ones, but I cleaned them. I'm going to tell you everything. Being honest is the best customer service you can have. And then teaching people and not treating everybody, but every single person as a customer. I mean, as a, not a customer, as a um, sale. You see what I'm saying? When you don't treat every single person as a sale and treat them with, look, you may not be buying anything, but if I teach you something, you're going to go tell somebody who may be able to, to bring me a sale. Mm-hmm. So not focusing just on sale is really the big thing that um, how we keep a loyal customer base.
1: What's the online platform that you guys have going on right now? Do
2: you guys find that you've
1: had a lot of sales coming through on that online platform? And, and where do you see it going?
2: So uh, yeah, during COVID, yeah, we crushed it. We crushed it. The reason why we were able to crush it, because my in-store closed and... It was a period of time where I was becoming um, more so a worker instead of a worker entrepreneur, if you know what I mean. What I mean by a worker entrepreneur was I was putting in about 80 plus hours a week where I wasn't able to implement new ideas. So with my store shutting down, there's nothing for me to do but focus on new ideas or or um, new things that I could use online. So during, during COVID season, I killed the gram. Like, I killed the gram. I had all my employees back to work from home within two weeks. And I had uh, 16 different people, whether that be a graphic designer, yeah. um, whether that be someone... Everybody had new jobs. <laughs> so that's what we did um, during during COVID. The only problem is since we reopened, I had to focus back on the rush that we grew during COVID. That rush of all those people that we gained now came in store. So I had to focus like pretty much everything that I did during COVID. I had to cut back a little bit. I'm trying to get it back up and running right now. Um, that's where I'm bringing in other team members and stuff like that. But yeah, we we definitely crush it online. Um, we had an event called Saturday Steals, which we normally do it in store. So we have these Yeezys where and the most popular sneakers, not just Yeezys, Yeezys, Jordans. We'll give them away for $5 to 5 bucks, <laughs> 50 bucks. I mean, people go crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, people go crazy. It, it's, it's an opportunity for people to get um, something that they really want. And let's just say they normally can't afford it. So we were releasing those every single weekend. Um, I ran into a little problem with inventory, <laughs> getting inventory in during COVID. And, and these are this the things that like we were talking about. like when Those are the things that you deal with when this is the things that we learn from, the mistakes and stuff right. like that. So I was crushing it so much that, all right, cool, now I need inventory. Where am I getting my inventory from for COVID? I can't really move. So that's what really forced me to move out of my parents' house and stuff like that because I couldn't move the way I wanted to. Um but yeah, it was we definitely crushed it during COVID season.
1: What are the type of guys you have coming in, the the stars so to speak or the up and coming rising stars mm-hmm. you coming into the to the store? I'm sure that's helped with your just marketing efforts and just giving it a branding identity to you guys even further than you already have. I mean you have what, twenty thousand some followers on Instagram on yeah. one account, you got eight thousand on another, you got a lot of following you have a massive following because of the value guys delivers. Talk about some of the folks that have that have came in the door to show their to show face.
2: So uh big names, we've actually had um Dave East came by. Uh, shout out to Kev. He uh, threw me a oop on that. Pretty much Dave East was last minute. Uh, I guess he was on tour and he wanted to have a pop-up shop. So they, I guess they were trying to get in the mall, but the mall has to be official. They want to let you know in a week in advance he was late. So he more so needed us than we needed him. He reached out. His, I mean, his manager reached out and he said, hey, look, we're willing to do a pop-up shop, but it's going to cost, uh, I think he asked for like five grand or whatever. Probably don't know what's closed, but um i was like oh i would love to have him but it's not something that i can really afford i can't even sell pre-sale tickets i can't get really the bang that i would like to within the last minute right. he said look you know what we can renegotiate re- renegotiate we got him there he did show up a little late which i i come to find out learning now i know in the future all artists <laughs> all artists yeah that's typical like he was supposed to be there i think at like i think two o'clock he didn't get there till like Seven or nine o'clock, I think. Oh, yeah, it it was bad. Um, people waiting for him. Yes, people are outside to to asking, bed. "Is he even coming?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I heard from this guy at three o'clock. I don't know I don't this know, guy who bad. this guy told me he was coming. So I look like the bad guy. We kind of lost a little bit of uh, money that whole day because I had to close the shop. um But all in all, we still get to talk about it to this day that Davies actually came by our store. um We've had Davies. Um, I've had Trayvon Duvall. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. He's uh, played at Duke. Yep. He's from Delaware. Yep. Um, Busy Bones is going to be a big one. I don't know if you know who that is. He's from uh, St. George's. He goes to VCU. He comes through all the time. Yeah, yeah we have a couple of people. Um, just off the top, those are a few. We had a YouTuber come in the, a couple of days ago and just blew it back. That's the thing. We get a lot of people because we're big on social media. We get sure. a lot of people that come in and they're just like, "Yo, I seen you guys YouTube video. Or, I seen you guys on Instagram, and I'm just coming in." Or that's where we gain a lot of people from. Though
1: that's awesome. I uh, the one of, the, one of the biggest impressions that your store made on me because for anybody listening doesn't you know, Vez and I live within 20 minutes from each other. His store is on the main street of our main town and center of the whole town. And so during Black Friday, I'm driving by on, on 71 and I look to my left and I see people camped outside with tents and I mean, probably what? 50 yeah. people or so. Yeah, um, our lines
2: know. get, our lines get hectic. Um, that's, that was a Saturday. It had to have been a Saturday Steals event. Our Black Friday one I think was pretty big too. Well, they all are, but yeah, people camp out the Black Friday one, I think they got out there Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday night. Um, so they were there Wednesday night, all day Thursday. Um, I think we released on Friday or Friday night on Saturday. So yeah, they were there a couple days. Um, it's just an event. It's the way I do it. I want to bring that cultural back. And with the sneaker community, we lost a little bit of the touch where we used to go to sneaker releases and we would talk to people and say, hey, you wear a size 10? Well, what do you have in your closet? And that's what I wanted to bring back. The people can meet each other. So with those events... They have nothing else to do. Their sure. phone's dead and they're sitting in line. They have nothing else to do. They have the same interests of sneakers. Oh, where are you from? Oh, you're from Wilmington. Hey, you're from um, down south. Oh, okay, cool. You wear my size. Do you have anything to trade? I'm building those relationships for people. And those yeah. are going to be things that people talk about later on as sneaker heads and say, hey, I met this dude at the kickback when back in 2015 or whenever so forth. Mm-hmm.
0: In terms of camping out for these sales, is this just a like a massive sale or is are you doing sneaker drops as well?
2: So um the business that we're in, I'm not a retailer, so I can't really do the drops because I don't have the supply. And then the, the purchase the, the prices that I buy the supply at, it wouldn't really be a drop because I'm buying it for more than what they normally would retail at in store. But with the Saturday steals, I dropped the prices so low it is almost a drop and it's almost like come get your free easy, almost initially. It's just whoever gets there first, because I make it one per one purchase per person for the Saturday steals releases. Now, we also do another sale, which we do an additional 20% off all day, but you will have to get in line That's where you see the lines get so long. The people who are in the um, maybe the 100th in line, those are the people who are trying to take advantage of. All right, cool. It's 20% off. My kid wants a pair of Yeezys. Here's a discount that I can take advantage of. Now, that happens all day. It does promote good sales. And the thing that we also use it for, it's free advertisement. Every single person that drives by our store is doing what? What is that? What, what is that? I don't know what's it. over there, but I'm going to find out. Right. So it's funny. Our Saturday seals on a Saturday. Then next Sunday, we have all we're doing is explaining all day. What was everybody here yesterday? What was everybody? I should literally record myself and just say, here, this is it. <laughs> but being the customer service that I was just mentioning, that's where we're going to say, hey, so we're a resource shop. We're not like your Foot Locker. We take trade ins. Right. So now people are learning information. Um, but it's really an advertisement that we, it's a way that we can give back and gain new customers.
1: That was going to be my question next. Like, and I don't want you to take this as an insult at the question, but there's a lot of people out there that aren't familiar with your world. Yeah. What makes you guys different from the Footlockers of the world is that consignment, you know, esque type uh, model, but you also bring a high end sneaker world to the table where I mean people are looking at these products as, as almost like investments, correct?
2: I yeah, know, they they literally they literally are. I have so many people that contact me and say, hey, what should I buy? I have five grand. And I'm like, all right, um, how fast do you want your money back? What there's literally different type. This says many different types of stocks. You got penny stocks, you have Amazon stocks and stuff like that. You have those sneakers. You have a pair of Dior ones, which you're getting one pair of sneak one sneaker for eleven thousand dollars, or I can give you a whole bunch of Mids that cost 120 that probably can sell for 160 within the next six months. So yeah, that it's this is the difference between us and I would say your Foot Locker though is that we're we're a resale shop. So we have used items. We're more so like game, GameStop, pretty much, I would say, um, of right. sneakers. You can trade in. You can't go to Foot Locker and get a thousand dollar sneaker and not come out your pocket. At our location, you can literally come in there with no money if you have sneaker trades or if you've traded sneakers in the past right. because we have a store credit that you can add on you can literally walk out of there so that's another thing I call it um I've been pushing it with our website and stuff like that it's called shopping with no money where can you go shopping with no money at the kickback you can
1: right. and you guys aren't selling junk you guys are selling yeah. high end stuff you guys yeah. aren't just, you guys weren't just selling shoes with holes in them
2: correct no 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 people here used and that's where i like people seeing it because um, it's not necessarily your beat up. No, no. We're talking worn once, worn twice. Like it's almost like if you can compare it to a car, it's one owner. He took care of it. A garage kept pretty much, um, highway miles type of vehicle. So yeah, most of the stuff that we sell is all nine out of 10 condition or better. Some stuff will sometimes hit that eight, eight and a half, but you'll see the price dip totally different. And that's where you see like with us purchasing sneakers from people, they're like, oh, I thought I could have got this much. And I'm like, well, the market changes based off of the condition. You don't have the box. The shoelace is a little dirty. We have to clean them. So that's where a lot of people, um, we give knowledge on those different right. things. Yeah. That but- was my
0: next question. Sorry to interrupt you. No, I, with, I know I know you uh, referred to it somewhat of as, as a GameStop in terms of trading stuff in. In full transparency, when I when I when I go to GameStop and I trade something in, I know I'm literally getting peanuts <laughs> for it. You know, are you are your guys competitive with the amount, with what you offer for it? Like, are you giving them fair market value? I know you said that it obviously depends on the condition, but are is it uh is it reasonable?
2: So yeah, our, our prices are pretty compatible. Um, and the thing is, I break down my price and I tell them why I'm giving them this price. Is it's not to slander GameStop, but they normally up oh, fifty cents. You want it or not? Take it or leave it. <laughs> we'll explain a hundred percent why they'll show me. Most of the time, what everybody does is they'll show me a picture of StockX, right? And I break down. Okay, look, StockX is selling brand new sneakers. StockX doesn't own any sneakers, and that's the thing. We're not consignment. We own all our sneakers, so we're putting money out. I tell them, look, this is cash now, today. And another thing is, even if they don't want to accept it, I tell them, look, I give them the best option. So I say, look, if you want to get more. Go ahead and tell, sell, try to sell on the street. On the street, you probably can get about maybe 150 bucks. I'm offering you 100. And I tell them 100%. We have people sometimes walk out and they say, okay, I'll try it. Most of the time they're going to come back, but I will tell them what their best option is. Now, if I tell them, yeah, you need cash today, your best option would probably be us because you're not going to find too many people that's going to be buying straight cash in hand. Um, But yeah, we're, we're very compatible. Another thing is that we use, um, sometimes our cash is a little bit lower. I use the trade-in. So people can trade in their sneaker because then I can give them a higher value. So if you want that 150, cool. You know what? If you wanted to get something today, I can give you that trade in value, or you can add it onto your account and use it at a later date. Now, that one works a lot because that works really well because so many people come to us. And as soon as we get um, a easy and used under, under 250, it's flying. So I tell them, look, if you have that credit, you can be get first dibs on stuff like that. So...
0: Outside of invest, I know you referred to uh, your other business venture. What other business activities you got going on outside the sneaker world?
2: Outside of invest in the sneaker world, you say? Yes, sir. Uh, so little stuff like, like we just talked off air. I, I do put my money in the stock market, um, mutual funds. I made a big gain on uh, X and Ringo. Shout out to my dad. He actually put me onto the stock market very, very, very early. I was maybe 12 years old and he, uh, he just closed my bank account. He's like, you got $300 in. I had a bank account of $300. He closed my bank account of $300. Um, and I, th- I sold half of my shares with um the Cyrus XM Radio, but when I was about 12 years old, so what am I, 23? So about 11 years ago, four, I mean, 12 years ago. Um, That's actually worth, that $300 now is worth, I think, over $2,500. I sold half of it. I th- I believe I have $1,200 because Cyrus XM Radio, I bought it at 60 cents a share. It w- It got up to like $7. A share and it was only $300. So I do play around the stock market a little bit. My brother does uh, day trading. Um, I don't really play with day trading. I do long-term because I don't have the time. Um, I actually just got into... uh, I got an opportunity to get into rental car business, which I might dig around a little bit into. Um, But right now, mainly I'm focusing on my other business, Invest. It's pretty much almost like an investment company in the long-term, but it really helps my employees who pretty much work for me. It's offering other services for them to make more money um at the end of the day. And it's I figured out that's what I really like doing. Um so that's really my biggest business right now that I've been putting the most into. Uh I think I believe that's all my business event business ventures right now for the most part though.
0: That's awesome, man. So now what's the grand vision for all this for yourself, for your companies? Where do you see yourself going?
2: And that's it's funny that you asked that. A lot of people always ask that and I always give them the same answer. I don't know. I I'm a creator. When you're just naturally a creator, you're just it's just going to create creating until you're like, "Oh, just for the shits and giggles. Like I really enjoy creating. I love the process. I don't think I'm chasing any money amount. It's literally I just like creating and enjoying the process. Like I like having my back against the wall and seeing what I can come up with. Those are fun times and other people are sitting there, "Oh, I don't want to get to that point. I like creating backups. I like having the security, but I also like having um, like my back against the wall during those COVID. I live for those moments. Those are the moments that I'm literally like, oh, here we go. That's it. I'm built for this. Let's see what we can cook up. Um, I enjoy that. And that's where I was saying when you're dealing with creators, there is no end goal at the end of the day. Um, I just enjoy what I do every single day, waking up, creating, creating new ideas, creating new team members to bring on, um, helping. And I love I, that's what I really learned. I loved helping people create and get to their uh, end goal. And that's really what I was saying with invest. It's, it's literally just small business and personal brand growth to get, help people reach their end goals. Um, whether that be like my boy the other day, he asked me, he's like, I need business cards. And I'm like, all right, cool. I've done that. That's easy. That's simple. Some people, the simple things that people don't know, I can help them reach their end goals.
1: Tony, one of the, one of the sticky notes of the day we had was losers react and leaders anticipate. I'm saying, (laughs) I (laughs) agree. Yes, sir. Yeah. But, uh, Hey, I mean, how can our guests follow your you and your journey, uh, you know, handles and everything? I'll just give it to them.
2: So I've been uh, focusing a lot more on that. I've learned a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of support. Um, so what I've noticed, a lot of people like following your journey. It makes it more relatable um, seeing someone who's 23 years old. Or, oh, I'm 24 now. We just had a birthday the other day. Um, shout out to Landon, too. He's his birthday coming up. <laughs> might have to do a party. Um, but yeah, I might have they, to they, head they, out. <laughs> yeah. We were going to come up there. Um, But yeah, people can follow me on at 302vez on Instagram. Um, I just started a YouTube. Shout out to Wazi. He's on my production team. Uh, He's over here recording everything. But uh, yeah, I I learned that a lot of people like to follow your journey. It makes it more relatable when they see somebody similar to themselves sitting in a similar position. Um, It sometimes makes people get off their ass. And that's the thing I like about um, motivating other people because I'm relatable. But yeah, you can follow my journey either on YouTube, Instagram, follow all my business pages. You'll see all the things that I'm actually working on. I was more so before uh, I was more laid back and like more humble about things, and I learned... And that's what I recent just recently I got to a point where I learned like I'm like how do I share my accomplishments with people without necessarily bragging and it's like it's not necessarily bragging I feel like if LeBron goes ham for 10 years and doesn't make the NBA it doesn't make the NBA finals and then he finally makes the NBA finals he's excited and he wants to share he wants to share that journey with everybody how do I do that same thing but not make people feel bad about their own positions and that's that's where I'm at right now trying to figure out that balance between not bragging but just sharing my experiences with you about my accomplishments, the things that I've worked hard for. Um, but yeah, you can follow my journey on YouTube if you want uh, the Kickback 302. Uh, follow the Instagram, T-H-E-K-I-K-B-A-C-K. Uh, we have TKB Raffles. Um, I have TKB Steels. Um, I have Invest, I-N-V-E-Z-S-T is the name of that business. And the crazy thing is, if you do DM any of these pages... All of them, I do answer. Um, so I'm trying to get somebody to manage their social media. If anybody's listening to this and they want a job or give me the right, can um, <laughs> give me the right, uh, the, somebody to pretty much manage my social media. I'm trying to look for someone who can kind of be similar to me and just relay back to me saying, hey, you got a good message that you might want to look at or so forth. So let me know. What is the cost to
1: work with you for someone who w- wants to work with your invest company?
2: Uh, so it's fairly new. I'm really doing it. I'm not going to say free, but I'm using a lot of people as trials first. So I'd rather give it away for, hey, look, it didn't cost me much. Here's this. I'm practicing right now because um, I really want to see if if I can get an actual formula that not necessarily can work for everybody, but can be a standard. And then I just tweak it a little bit. So it depends really what they need. I mean, we're me and Wazi are about to start um, doing commercials if anybody needs commercials. Literally anything that you need for your business that I know how to do. If I don't know how to do it, I'm not going to tell you, hey, look, this is the best. I, I'll either research it and tell you the right direction or give you somebody who I do know, because a lot of the things that most people when they're fresh starting a business, when they need something, most of the time I've already done it. So
0: love it Vez thank you so much for coming on man it's really exciting to be able to shoot the shit with someone who's at such a high level right now at the same age as us and uh, I'm sure our listeners really feel your message and relate so well so thanks again for coming on man you did a great job and keep on doing your thing man
2: staying to you guys thanks for having me thanks for having me it's all in the grind though. you know that yes sir yes sir 26 episodes 27 episodes
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is the first time we've done the in-studio uh, interview at my place <laughs> so there's probably going to be a little bit of background noise probably a clock goes off here and there but hopefully the guests still
2: got the value and, and enjoyed the, the interview
0: I practically begged you authenticity guys wins it. man every yes. time
2: yes I gotta come up there next time Looks some dope yeah, up there yeah for sure let's get it going
1: Tuning in to the Learn Lead podcast where you get to own your life. Stay tuned for our future guest coming soon. Make sure to like and subscribe.